Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Okay. He's got two drunk women in lingerie. Do you I think am not prepared. He's not ready for this. <laughs> it's our slutty Halloween episode. I don't think I'm ready for this. No? Okay, wait here. I'm not going to show you my butt. No, okay. she's showing me her back tattoo, which I love. It's fine. I bought this one because it shows it off. This this blue. Well, you paid thing. enough for it. You should. My back? <gasps> We're yeah. both in yeah. blue. Yeah, see? Mine's blue, oh, too. Mine. Mm-hmm. Right, that's enough of that. Well, hello, patron. <laughs> <laughs> hello. We're easing our way to only Oh, fans. fuck. People can see this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> it's fine it's fine look we're the macabre academy we have no shame there's no shame no no shame shame. we're on the bus in hell remember no no shame in our game (laughs) hold on wait can i be a bad person okay great so you gotta introduce yourself first what if we have a new listener hi i'm brandy i'm trash i'm driving the bus to hell ready so i'm also a bad person (laughs) So this bitch put on Facebook that um, Planned Parenthood sells baby parts. I want a baby arm. Well, I private messaged her and I was like, hey, like, do you know where they sell them at? And she goes, what? And I was like, well, I drive the bus to hell and it runs on baby parts. So like I'm running out and I need more. (laughs) And she was like, you're an awful person. And I was like, I drive the bus to hell. What do you expect from me? (laughs) Oh my. It was so good. Uh, hey, speaking of baby parts, it's our Halloween episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Are you ready for this history of Halloween and all shenanigans associated with it? Yeah. No. We're no. not to be ready. Kevin's never ready. Never. Kevin's Look, never he took over a huge chunk. The only thing I have in the Google Docs is one purple for Brandy, so I hope you're bringing it. I have a page and a half. Oh, good, because I have, like, seven. I'm yeah, proud of you. I can't figure out how to do colors in Google Docs. So. It's the same as Word. Why is it so hard for you, Kevin? I changed yours to blue. It's Be- okay. Because I'm old as shit. Do I need to come over and teach you? Oh, please. I hate you. <laughs> Actually, right now is the perfect time to go over Kev's house and teach him how to do Google Docs. Oh. <sighs> Who's driving? Because it's not me. It's not me either. I poured half a bottle of Tito's in my Mountain Dew. It now glows in the dark, so it's fine. Perfect. Okay, everybody. Well, if you haven't uh, if you haven't been with us before, we are the Macabre Academy. I am Uncle Kevin on Twitter at NotoriousDUK. Follow me. I don't have any friends, so I'm using Twitter to to up my friend ratio. So help. you have us. Uh, we have. <laughs> Kevin, I'm this the only friend you need. Actually, no. Save him. Get him better friends. <laughs> we also have uh, our, our resident nerdy witch, Steph. That's me, headmistress of House Barnum. Yes, she is. And then we have our lovely trash friend, Brandy. Brandy, say hello. Hello! Are your elbows double-jointed? I don't think so, are they? I don't know. Maybe. It's freaking me out. I thought she was just going to fall off whatever she was sitting on there for a second. <laughs> All right. Let's get it's a stool. As- Look, strap in. I'm going to kick this bitch off. Strap on. Yeah, put strap your strap on. on. This is serious. I don't have that. So, we're, I so do. as we said, we are, doing our, we are doing our Halloween episode today. So this is going to be fun because, you know, we're a bunch of, well, one haunted bitch, one witch, and one guy who just came on to make dirty jokes and somehow got roped into doing this damn thing. Kev, you love it. You haven't given up <laughs> You yet. love it so much. He hates us. It's fine. He hesitated. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the next introduction to say, but I think we're there. Now. Okay. I think so. So let's discuss All Hallows' Eve, okay? So this is Old English from 1556. It also was donned Sate's evening in 1745 as a Christian word. But, okay, look, I like etymology. Can't they come up with their own fucking holidays? No. Why do they got to steal them from everybody else? Why, can't they just come up with their own shit? Because no. the other ones are more awesome. There's, there's no way to top it. Randy, stop sending butthole pictures to people and get back on the fucking video chat. 
So the Scottish- I was sending butt pictures. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what? Shut up. Look, I have a nice butt. Well, you, you do, but we have seven pages of notes. Okay, this is going to take me a minute. And I'm already drunk. I, I broke it. Hold on. Continue, Steph. Go ahead. I broke it. Don't worry. The Scottish term All Hallows Day, okay, it's actually like All Hallows Een, which is Een. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it balances out somewhere. But we're basically going back to the Celts 2,000 years ago. Again. So Samhain, not Samhain, Samhain. I want you to know that I wrote down how to pronounce that too because I'm trash and I would have pronounced it wrong. Oh my God. Do you know how many witches would be at you? All of them and they could all kill me and I'd be okay with it. No, Samhain. Murder Listen, we're doing our best. Don't add us. <laughs> Kill Pittsburghies. me. You want to add me about any? If you want to add me about anything else, go ahead. But don't add me about our pronunciation. We're trying our fucking best. We're some white people. Actually, Tara has sent in uh, corrections on our pronunciation for house points because she's done it nicely. We like her. That's okay. And her twin, Sophia. I wish I was a twin. I am also a twin. Could you imagine two of me in the world? No. I Especially in this great. podcast, because I'm not I, I'm not anywhere near getting through the notes. Okay. Yes. I don't want to, Brandon. So where were the we? original is good enough. I'm good. Mm. Okay. So Samhain in the Gaelic calendar is the first and foremost of four-quarter holidays celebrated, not only in Ireland, but Scotland and the Isle of Man. I love the Isle of Man. They have a badass motorcycle. Right well, there. yeah, it's... I had to look this up, but it's that hunk of land between Britain and Ireland. So for the so for the motorcycle race, it's called the TT. There's an amazing documentary. You can find it on YouTube. Um, they shut down all of the main roads on the island, and one lap is something like 38 miles. Perfect. That's gross. It's insanity. They, they Somebody dies like once a year. They, they average like one death a year. So it's oh. as fast as you can fucking go because it's a race. Yeah, it's it's fucking nutty. Like, never mind. Like squirrels. I don't know. Anyway, continue. Okay, so I know everybody's like Halloween fall. Woo! I love Halloween. Well, at one point it was considered the first day of winter because Ew, it worked. I believe it because it snows. Well, it hasn't snowed since the nineties. Whatever on Halloween, but it marks the dark half of the year where the Lord is sleeping and the lady awakens in the pagan dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And it's considered very, very liminal with a thinning veil through the darkness. So the other world can leak through and the ghosts of the dead can return. So uh, the Lord is like representative of the sun. So he's mostly like wakens in spring and summer and the lady is of the moon. So you have longer dark periods. So it's her time. That's how that works. Just so we're clear. Okay. Okay. So we also see this with the day of the dead. Okay. So this is a culture that rep that (sighs) drink. I'm stumbling. You know, I have a Day of the Dead skull tattooed on my arm. Do you really? Martyrs. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, let's see it. Here. Beautiful. That's shitty. I'll have to tweet yeah, it out. Tweet yeah, tweet it out. Well, the Day of the Dead actually follows the, uh, the day of Halloween, so it's November 1st. And it, like, originated in an independent culture that was Catholicized. Okay. So that's where you kind of get that. But it's also a place where, like, you set a place for the dead, prayer candles, followed with games, all designed around hospitality to the ancestors. So technically, if you want to celebrate spooky season, you're going to do Halloween and the Day of the Dead. Just that's one of those things. It's a two-day party. The costumes they have for the Day of the Dead party is fucking It is. Have you guys seen Coco with like the haciendas and like yes. how important that is? Yes. Kev's not seen. We just walked Coco the other day, didn't we? Yeah, with Evie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I know I've seen it. Fuck. Um this is also a time of offerings to protect the cop cops. Nope. Not protect the cops. Drink, Steffi. Drink. Props. 
and cattle through the winter. Bonfit, Bonfit. Oh, it's going to be a long one. Oh, my one. God. It's going to be a long one today. Yep. Bon- Should I just take this over and roll with it? No, I got this. I got this. I'm going to do it. Okay. Just keep me on track. Bonfires were tended to all night to mimic the sun's powers of growth and starve off the decay of the frosts. Also, it was a time where you could burn crops and animal sacrifices to deities. In fact, because of the animal sacrifices, they were considered bone fires. That's how you get bonfires. Well, they also threw the bones in the fire. That too, yep. Um, Yeah, but over time, it involves into protection against the devil. (laughs) It always involves the devil. The devil. fucking devil. (laughs) Well, the evidence to similar activity... There's activity... Thanks. Okay. There's also similar activities celebrated by the Germanic peoples. Guten Tag. (laughs) So also... Uh, it's a good time for fortune telling and all forms of divination. So if you were thinking about grabbing a pack of tarot or trying to read runes, like now is legit the time to try that shit. Cause you're going to have the best success while you're. Will learning. you read my tarot? After show? Fuck if it. I'm not shmammered? Sure. So you also have trick-or-treating evolving out of guising. So I believe, Brandy, you have some information on trick-or-treating. Yes. Okay, Brandy. Great. So. I wasn't so, ready. Are you ready now? No. Okay. Hold on. It's in purple. It's my turn. Okay, now I'm ready. I had another sip of wine. Good. Go. Okay, good times. Ready? Go. Um, so da, 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 gathered around bonfires to offer sacrifices, like you already said. Um, but the villagers would disguise themselves in costumes made out of animal skins to get rid of phantom visitors. So like, I'm going to wear a fucking wolf head because fuck you phantoms. You are afraid of me. You know, that- or you could be a furry either way. I have either way. You furry. know, I'm a white wolf. It doesn't surprise me. I'm a wolf. <laughs> I'm a unicorn, so like whatever. Oh my god, we gotta we gotta make furry outfits. Go to the Connors, the Macabre Academy, like represent. Yes. Okay, so dress as a furry, get rid of phantom spirits. Then like centuries later, like forever later, they were like, hey, let's start dressing as ghosts and spooky things. So, like, that's where, like, the ghost costumes and, like, the demons and all the spooky, like, I'm going to be the Grim Reaper costumes kind of come from. Because they were like, these animals aren't scaring the phantom guys anymore because they're bad bitches now. So then they would also perform in exchange for foods and drinks at these festivals. Okay? Okay. Great. Now we're moving into the Wait, early Christian understand. Elaborate. So, like... They had the festivals where they had, like, the um, bonfires and shit. And shit? What's the other shit? Do they, like, shit on the like, ground near the bonfire? There were sacrifices. They didn't tell me what kind of sacrifices, but they had sacrifices. Was it a virgin? Because those are hard it, to find. Um, probably a virgin. I'm not going to lie to you. This was in, like, 2,000 years ago. So, like, <laughs> fuck virgins. <laughs> fuck me up, fam. So, like, they sacrificed bitches. They had bonfires, they would perform, and then they would get food for performing. Okay? Do I get food for doing the podcast? I'm performing. Yeah. What do you want? Cookies? I baked some bomb-ass cookies. I want pumpkin cheesecake. cheesecake. That's too much work. I'm sorry. All right, proceed. Okay. So early Christian and medieval times. By the 9th century, Christianity had spread into the um, Celtic lands. And in... 1000 AD, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day. So, like, we had Halloween, then we had the Day of the Dead, and then the Christians were like, hey, let's do All Souls Day, too. And, like, just mass, mass this bitch out. So, like, there's still, like, masses in, like, some churches for, like, All Souls Day, and, like, they'll pray for, like, the dead people that have passed that last year. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I still think that's stupid, but whatever. Well, I had a little bit in my notes about this, so. Um, okay. 
on uh hold on hold up so the vigil before all saints day on november 1st okay so the three days that you're talking about collectively are called all hallows tide okay yeah and it was praying also for the souls that have yet to reach heaven so they're kind of stuck in a purgatory state Okay. Yeah, and it was usually a Roman Catholic holiday that was celebrated in the spring, but officially changed thanks to Pope Gregory the Fourth in 835 AD as a as a conversion tactic. Because if you can't beat them, join them. Right. So if you're Roman Catholic, that means you don't like have a house, right? You're just roaming around trying to find some place. So you have to change religions when you find a house. Well, they did do pilgrimages, so they were roaming around, huh? Yeah, my joker's better. Okay, it was. But literally, they encouraged the pilgrims to dress up as their favorite saints because they didn't have enough of martyr uh, artifacts to display, you know, like St. Teresa's pinky or whatever they did. It was morbid as shit. Also, they changed the holiday. I'm Roman Catholic. Yeah. I was born Roman Catholic. But just saying. Weirdly. Are you coming in like six minutes late? Um, I need you to understand that all I heard of that entire conversation was. I need you to, I need you to see me after class. Well, okay. It also. <laughs> You're going to punish me? Wait, guys, guys. <laughs> not only did they move the holiday, okay, to, for conversion, but they also did it about public health concerns of Roman fever. During the summer months when these pilgrims were making their trip to Rome and doing their ambulatories and shit, they were actually dying of a disease because there was no social distancing. So the church changed the holiday to colder months to help distribute these pilgrims. Also, did you know that a quarter of all the candy sold in the U.S. annually is purchased for Halloween? Kevin. <laughs> Wait, I have an actual amount of money that we spend on candy. See now Wait till the end of my goddamn notes, Kevin. Well, see now, if you're actually smart, you go out the day after Halloween and get all that shit. You're not wrong. Out. You're not wrong. Okay, are you ready for more shit? Thanks. On trick-or-treats? Yeah, I was just helping flush out your notes. <clears throat> That's fine, because I'm trash. That so, one's weak. That was like a three. You need to burp that. Hi, I'm sorry. I am garbage. I expect more from your, you know, belches, okay? I know. Okay, so ready? Great. So celebrations in England looked a lot like that thing that I'm going to pronounce wrong. So say it again. That one. Yep. And so this is when, like, trick-or-treating really started because poor people would go around and visit the rich people's houses. and um get like soul cakes and get other kind of treats. And I know Kevin did shit on soul cakes, so that's all. Um, and Wait, then in Scott, let him explain the soul cakes. Oh, go ahead. Pause. If he knows the soul cakes, let him describe. Kevin, do you cake. know the soul cakes? You said you were going to I do. Know I actually just had to pull up my notes. So proud of you. Uh, a soul cake is also known as a soul mass cake. It's a small round cake, which is traditionally made for Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day to commemorate those who died in the Christian tradition. Do we have a recipe on that? Yes, actually, there are. Oh, can we bake them? Brandy, come over after this. Get a Uber. I can't. Okay. I was like, I can't drive. Prep time. <laughs> it's looking like about 35 minutes. You need butter, saffron, milk, plain flour, and egg yolk. I might substitute saffron for cardamom because I don't have any. That's expensive as shit. It is fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite colors, though. Okay, cool. Brandy, proceed. Well, oh, she's got to take some titty pictures. So, like, how do you think they taste? Well, we're going to find out because you guys are going to bake them and tell us. So, continue. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm going to Uber in my fucking lingerie. Get the fuck out. That's how I get raped and murdered. Thanks. Okay, anyway. we'll do it another day. It's fine. Great. So, then, in Scotland and Ireland, young people would dress up in costumes and accept gifts from different households, also known as guising. and then. This is where, like, the trick-or-treat, like, really came in because they would have to perform a song, recite a poem, tell a joke, or perform a trick 
to get their reward. So the treat was typically fruits, nuts, or monies. Sounds like puppies. Roll over. Get a treat. Roll over. I'll give you a I'll give you a penny if you roll over. So then in the US, immigrants fleeing the Irish potato famine. Also, wait, can I tell you a fun fact about the Irish potato famine? Okay. So there's like parts of your DNA that like get changed from your ancestors. So the reason that people that like um came from Ireland during the potato famine, like their ancestors now are like bigger is because there's a part of their DNA that was rewrote and it was like, Hey, you should really like eat some extra because you don't know when you're going to eat again. So like their DNA changed because they had to go through the potato famine. Isn't that fucking cool? Actually. Yeah. I'll give you that. You know, know how many potatoes it takes to kill an Irishman? (sighs) Zero. <clears throat> Do you know that uh, Halloween did come a little bit sooner to America than the potato famine? Listen, I got like the 1840s is where I started. Okay. To okay, cool. So the immigrants helped popularize Halloween. And then in the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish communities received, revived the old world traditions. But in the 1920s, dickhole young people decided that they were going to start, like, vandalizing shit on Halloween because there was nothing better to do with their time. You and that's where something. I went. Hi. So prior to the information you just gave, the new, col- the new colonies that celebrated Halloween were actually very limited because of strict Protestant doctrine. But Maryland and the southern colonies did get in a little action because of that European diversity that you were talking about. But they actually meshed with Native Americans to celebrate these um, harvests called play parties. Oh. Yeah. Why are we always fucking with the Native Americans? No, they helped us celebrate that. Oh, okay. In the harvest. Like, it was something that like, helped contribute like, to Halloween. People. It's not being mean. It just, it helped. Okay, cool. So then trick-or-treating really became like a tradition in the 1930s, but it was quickly like shit on because of World War II and they had sugar rationing. So like you can't go trick-or-treating because I can't give you candy because I have no sugar. Well, you know what they did instead? Monies? No, 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 no. It's how haunted attractions came to be in the oh, okay 30s. so i'm going to give you a little background before you proceed so hang in there and I have a story, that's it so. go for it yay stories okay haunted attractions okay go i'm done you're not done it just it, it fits uh, no i'm really done okay we're gonna so, use some lube it'll fit fine <laughs> drink more wine it'll lubricate that's so, not how my vagina works then you're doing it wrong no. Hi. Focus. Okay. I can't. Attractions. So there was gruesome entertainment back in the 19th centuries, particularly London, and public executions had fallen out of spectacle um, because they were more civilized. But in 1802, you see wax sculptures for Marie Talzand, where they were like all the scandal in Britain. They had like decapitated subjects such as Marie Antoinette. Marat and Rose Pierre. And she actually used the death masks from victims during the French Resolution. French Resolution. Revolution. I'm going to drink. Hold on. I love you some good French Resolution. Exactly. <laughs> and the exhibit was called the Chambers of Horrors. So this is kind of stuck with wax, exhib- wax displays since. In Paris, there was this grand, oh no, G-U-I-G-N-O-L theater that became notorious. Get your house points st- in now, folks. Yeah. On stage depictions of graphic dismemberment. Okay. The theater's director, Max Murray, famously boasted that he judged each performance by the number of people who passed out or were shocked in the audience. In 1915, in England, the fairgrounds in Lip Hook debuted one of the first ghost houses as an early 
horror attraction, but the public appetite for horror was picking up. So when you hit the Great Depression, parents dreamed up the first Halloween-themed houses to distract from all of those shenanigans that you were talking about. So they didn't have sugar. They couldn't go trick-or-treats. And what the ki- the boys had done to blow off steam was steal gates, took dead bodies, laid s- like fake stuffed bodies on a train track. So what the families did was set up something primitive in their basement. And then they would hold house-to-house parties so that the kids could spook themselves and experience different mm. scenes as they traveled between the houses. Oh, Yeah, that came out of the Great Depression. Because we didn't have the candy, we got haunted houses. So, like, haunted houses like that, I'm totally okay with. Like, like actual physical structures you walk through. Oh, that progresses from there. This is the story I said from earlier. Like, I have no problem with those. Like, those I can do all day long. Like, fuck it, whatever, bring them on. Haunted rides at amusement parks? Can't get me on one. Actually, that's what started the haunted houses. So here's what happened. I was, we were, I was young. I was maybe seven or eight, nine, something like that. And we went to, we went to Disney and I was, I love Disney. Even at the time then I was adamant. I I don't want to go on a scary ride. I'm not into it. I don't want to do it. My dad lied to me and took me on a haunted ride. Right. Which one? I don't remember, but it's not actually scary. It's actually supposed to be kind of fun, but I was freaking out because I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Get me the fuck out of here. Get me out of here. No, no, it'll be fine. You'll like it. No, I really won't. That's, I, I, I really want to leave. No, 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 it's fine. So we go on this stupid ride. The fucking ride breaks down. Yes. With us in it. And we're stuck for like 45 minutes in front of this fucking skeleton that keeps popping out at me. No. <laughs> no. Fuck that I, shit. I don't remember a lot from my childhood. This is a memory that is seared into my brain. Actually, it sounds hell? like you might have been in the Haunted Mansion. I think that's probably what were. it was. Well, that's what helped Haunted Houses become a cultural icon. The first one built was the Haunted Mansion, opened in 1969. And the centerpiece of this ride was called the Grand Hall. And it was a 90-foot length ballroom sequence of dancing ghouls at a birthday party. Now, Disney brought that scene to life through a complex series of illusions known as Pepper's Ghosts, and that's using refractive light to project a shape or ethereal images. After that point, that's when haunted houses started to spread like wildfire. Do you know the Christians had their own version of haunted houses? Of course they did. Was it just them telling us we're going to hell? Yep. Amen. Yes, Evangelistic Christians made their own anti-Halloween attractions, okay? Of course they fucking did. Uh Uh-huh. And this came famous from Jerry Falwell and the Liberty University. They did Hell Houses in 1972. So all the things were designed to show sinners that they were going to hell. So the images varied, and they had, like, these common tropes that they would you know, portray. One was the devil ushering a gay man dying of AIDS in a fiery pit. Um, Also a teenager who was raped at a drug-filled rave and then committed suicide was going to hell. And then a young girl, yeah. And then a young girl was hemorrhaging from an abortion and repents at the last minute. I have a story. Okay. But as she repents, she dies and an angel comes and takes her to heaven. Oh, of course. Go ahead. My story is for after the podcast. Okay. No one so, needs to know my personal problems. Well, the only thing that also helped progress the haunted houses were slasher movies like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. And the haunted house industry just reaped all of the benefits. The horror boom fueled a demand for scary attractions, not to mention cross-promotional advertisements. So I have a quote. If you went to a haunted house in the 1980s or 90s, you would have seen a lot of Freddy Krueger, Jason, Pinhead. The haunted house industry really followed the movie industry at the time. And this is from Larry Kirshner, president of the Haunted House Association of America. 
after this point, you get professional haunted houses that rose to dominance and then they needed new things. So they expanded into zombie runs, escape games, and intense terror simulations designed to traumatize. You know what I'm talking about? Where like they kidnap you off the street and you have to sign all these waivers and they legit torture you. Yeah. Oh yeah. They took it to an extreme. Done and done. Witches, I am in love with this family-run business, Mystical Existence, the bath products that turn your ordinary self-care ritual into a celestial experience. As a witch, my bathing habits are sacred, so I was overjoyed to find products that not only smell amazing, but don't irritate my sensitive skin. My favorite scent is Scorpio which was designed with Maggie's daughter and the perfume her mother used to wear at heart. All soaps, lotions, and bath bombs are handmade with supplies that are purchased from ethical and responsible manufacturers. A portion of the products are vegan for all you animal lovers out there. As the wheel of the year turns, new products are designed to match the seasons. Currently only available In the United States, you can find Mystical Existence on Facebook, Instagram, or at their website, mysticalexistence.com. For 15% off, use our promo code MACABRE. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. So... There's a horror-themed bar in Las Vegas. I can't. I think the name's like the Underworld or something like that. It looks pretty fucking sick. Um, and apparently they have bomb-ass pizza. He said, "Try to fill time." Did you? I don't do scary things. I don't know. You do this like, podcast with me. That's pretty scary. I, I'm a little bitch. Okay. Did you guys know that Americans spend an estimated six billion annually on Halloween? Yeah. It's the Somebody's second, picking up my slacks. I don't spend anything. Well, it's the second largest Seriously? holiday after Christmas. I love Halloween. Like, well, it is my all-time favorite. Before we get into, like, the symbolism, the symbolism of the holiday, I wanted to briefly discuss the history of the pet costume phenomenon, if I may. Okay. Kev, it's your you podcast. Do whatever you want. Did you dress up Yeah, I'm just here. They would kill me. I do? Not in a fun Wait, way. no, I do. Oh, my God. You have to send me pictures for the Instagram. I don't know if they'll keep the costumes on. The one just kind of curls up in a ball when I put a shirt on him. It's my favorite. He's just well, like, I- he can't move. And I'm like, yes, bitch. That's okay. okay. I'm a bitch. I'm a bad person. So more and more people, especially millennials, are buying costumes for their pets. 20% did so in 2018. And then if you look at that same year, $480 million were spent exclusively on pet Halloween. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, they don't have kids. So all of the expendable income is going on their pets. And now you're getting um, what looks like a new tradition, but in reality, it's not. There's a dude who rolls around my area. He has a pumpkin orange McLaren. Uh, for Halloween, he puts a fucking jack-o'-lantern cut out on the hood. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing ever. I need a picture. I love that. I saw I it last that. year. I probably won't see it this year because I don't go anywhere right now. But, oh, my God, it's fucking hysterical. Hmm. I, mean, could probably, I could probably Google it and find it. Do it. So your kitties and your puppies were wearing collars back in 3100 BC. Just so you know. So you see about 300-ish years ago, uh, 300-ish BC, there were two large dogs buried with jewel collars found in the tomb of a Chinese king. Also, um, at the height of ancient Egyptian civilization, uh, collars and leashes were standard for drug sip. Dog. You got to keep an eye on your dogs. Yeah. 
Don't want them wandering off. Dog training. And dogs wearing these collars were commonly used as motifs on tomb walls and pottery. The dog collars were marks of beautiful works of art because they were made out of leather, copper, bronze, and gold for embellishment. Now, once chained on his property, a dog was a protector of the home. Okay. And the dogs, uh, there was this thing in 779 AD where archaeologists discovered um, a cavity of a dog in the earth. So they poured plaster into it. And once it was cast, infrared life life, light revealed that the dog had been wearing a bronze-studded collar inscribed with a story of how the dog had saved the human from a wolf attack. Yep. Then you get the royal courts of Europe have uh, many references to beautiful collars, jewels, and coats worn by their most loyal subjects. Some had exquisite beds, finest culinary meals, and even their own servants. In France, Louis VI's favorite greyhound, which is somewhere between 1423 and 1483 AD, wore a red velvet collar with 20 pearls and 11 rubies. Damn. Yeah. You should be a dog, Brandy. You get all the, go- all the goods. Just saying. I mean, I'm in. I get all the cuddles, all the pets, all the jewels. I'm in. You know what? This dog was called uh, Cher Ami, which means uh, dear friend. Oh, yeah, that was his name. That's cute. In the 17th century, beautiful silver, silver, gold, and brass. Brass. I'm wearing a bra. Why not? Same. Brass collars could be fashioned, stamped, or engraved. And leather collars were being adorned with like these silver sparkly bells. And then you also seen the first uh, hair clips for the little poofy dog hair. 17th century. Um, Queen Victoria dressed her dog in a scarlet jacket and blue trousers. And she's so fucking cute. Now, if a dog was to wear pants, would it wear them like like normal pants or would it have be all four paws? No, just the back end. Just Just the back end? No, normal pants. Yeah, normal pants. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a two-parter. We're like 42 minutes in already. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm anyway, just not talking, so we're fine. Well, she wrote about this in her diary in 1833. And that's a time where dog costume couture shops were like a thing in Paris. Um, this guy in Paris also wrote a book on the subject of dressing dogs in the 19th century. Uh, his book translates into our dogs, goes into wonderful detail and to be a fashionable dog, you had to have a costume for afternoon visits, a costume for the evening, a costume to travel in, and a costume for the beach. I mean, you can't be okay. seeing the same thing. Yeah. Right. Of course not. Now, in America, there was a photographer called Harry Whittier Fries who took famous pictures of animals in human clothing doing human things. Like getting married, um, tending to gardens, sewing pants. And these images were used on postcards, books, and magazines in the 1910s. So fast forward to today, Terry Dish is a director of design and trend at Petco. <laughs> and it says that she says that like the pet costumes have always been an undercurrent over the last 10 years. But there's really been an astronomical rise in popularity and in spend because of social media and our love of Halloween. So, boom, we have Instagram in 2010, and you need an Instagrammable moment of your pet wearing a costume. Well, clear. Uh, of course. Duh. Dawn. Okay. Gotta get those hearts. So, there's some other symbols of Halloween I want to talk about before I get into some rituals and shit. Um, okay. How did jack-o'-lanterns come to be? I'm glad you asked. I want to know. <laughs> the practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns or- originated in Ireland, where it was first uh, turnips and potatoes, since they don't you know, have pumpkins there. So it comes from an Irish folklore about a man named Stingy Jack. 
Irish immigrants brought this tradition to America, home of the pumpkin, and became integral to our Halloween festivities. According to the story, Stingy Jack was invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink. So he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to his silver cross, which prevented the devil from coming back to his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that, that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. So the next year, Jack once again tricked the devil, but this time he hit, tricked him into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While the devil was still in the tree, Jack carved the sign of the cross into the tree's bark so the devil could not come down until the devil <laughs> promised, Jack, promised not to bother Jack for another 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. You get 10 yes. years. So it goes on. After, soon after that, Jack died. As the legend goes, God was not willing to allow someone with such an unsavory reputation into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick, the tricks that Jack had pulled on him, um, and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. <laughs> I want not allowed in hell. I want to be not bad said, enough for heaven, but too good for hell. He sent Jack off into the night with only a burning with only burning coal to light his to light his way. Jack then put the coal, the coal into a carved out turnip he had been roaming with, He'd been roaming the earth with ever since. And thus we have, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack the Lantern. And now, of course, we have Jack the Lantern. Please tell me I was hearing right. That was Stinky Jack? Stingy. Stingy. I wanted to be stinky. Stingy it is. <laughs> Kev, please tell me the mysterious dog bark was coming from your ness. Yes, yes, there's there's several dogs around. Do you know what the first dog caution that came to my attention is, just because I hear the dog barking, is in Hocus Pocus, where that little dog is dressed up like a devil. Yes. <laughs> what did what'd she say? Sickum. It was just Sickum. No, I thought he had a name, like Ralph or something. It might have been Ralph. Hold on. <laughs> She's going to Google it. Dog. And Other dog. search engines are available. Oh, wait. It's not even typing. What the actual fuck? It's fine, guys. It's fine. I'm fine. Hi. All right. So what else we got on the agenda for the show? Well, there's some other symbols of Halloween before I want to get into ritual. Um, because okay. you got like the black cats and shit. Like, why black yes. cats? I'm glad you asked. People believe that witches would use black cats as a way to carry out evil deeds and communicate with the devil. Other I myths claim that other myths <laughs> claim that witches would transform into black cats as a way to hide their identity or cast spells in secret. Fuck, I don't know how to. It was Ralph into a cat? It was Ralph. It was Ralph. Yes, sick him, Ralph. But now I'm seeing these dogs, like these yellow labs, dressed up as the Sanderson sisters, and I can't handle it. It's so fucking cute. <laughs> you better put it on Instagram and Twitter. But what about the cats? The black cat superstition traveled to America when the Europeans migrated here. You know what I forgot to write in the notes? Was, A lot of shit? Yeah, well, it says ghosts, but I forgot to ask why bats. Because they're scary. Well, they're nocturnal. Yeah, that's why they're scary. Yeah. Bats, have, vamp, bats, vampires, you know, the whole thing. Did you know that... Did you know? Did you know? This is a did you know episode. I took an entire course on vampirism at the University of Pitt when I went for religious studies. That's amazing. Well, the original Dracula written by Brom Stroker's... Stro- Stokers. Drink. Strokers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you a Brahm stroker? <laughs> I've been known to stroke a Brahm in a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Sal Maiden, make that cackle an SS, uh, a, a 
message sound, please. That was a pretty good Please. Tackle. It was a good one. Tackles. Okay, so I took a course on vampirism in literature. It was actually listed under a Russian course or some shit. But the 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 Bram Stoker's Dracula is actually um I can't remember what the word is, but it was fear of immigrants coming in from foreign countries. It actually has I believe fear. it. Yeah. Nice to see the hits never change. Never. Dracula was coming in from a foreign country. He was spreading disease. You know why? You know why they had the castles? Why? They had to build those walls. <laughs> the wall should be between religion and government. Put the wall right. Build that wall. No. Build that wall. And make right. the vampires pay for it. <laughs> make the vampires pay for it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. So do you have a little bit more of ghosts at Halloween? Or I believe I have another bullet point that I asked you to research. I do. I do have some things on ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, since ancient times, ghost stories, you know, tales of the spirits who have returned from the dead to haunt the places they left behind, have featured prominently in the folklore of many cultures around the world. Rich subset of these involve historical figures ranging from queens and politicians to writers and gangsters, many of whom died early or violently with mysterious deaths. The concept of a ghost is also known as a specter, which is based on the ancient idea that a person's spirit exists separately from his or her body. Other genders are available (laughs) and may continue to exist after the person dies. Because of this ideas, many societies have begun to use funeral rituals as a way of ensuring that the dead person's spirit would not return to haunt the living. You can haunt me. It's okay. I'm already haunted. Fuck it up. Speaking of which, my cousin's husband's father just passed away. My mother actually thought I was going to go to the viewing and it took every ounce of restraint I had not to go, oh, that's cute, when she asked me if I was going because she would have reached to the phone and strangled me. (laughs) I just simply said no. Well, no, funerals are, every funeral I've ever been to is absolutely awful. And I will tell you why. Funerals are supposed to celebrate the life of someone. In reality, it brings out the pettiness in every family and friendship that you ever had. Oh, I was their best friend. I knew them better than you. My pain is greater than yours. Fuck you. Number one, this is probably why I won't go to my mother's funeral because I'm not going to ask, at, like, debate who my mother's best friend was so you can feel better that you knew. Oh, her. I will. No, I'll no, no, no. you that you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. I'm already coming to your funeral and telling everybody that you didn't like them. You really are. You're going to be like, this bitch, you're going to dump a bottle of wine in my casket and you're going to be like, this bitch hated all of you motherfuckers. Get out. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. Kev, if you become a ghost, can you come haunt me and Brandy? That's a lot Promise? of work. You guys have to move in I'm going to die first. I'm not haunting two places. You got to move in together. I'm, only, I'm okay. only haunting one place. Brandy, move in with me. I have a spare bedroom. I'm going to die first. I'm going to haunt both of you. Don't worry. Thank you. We all know this. I don't drink water. I don't eat healthy. I'm basically dying. And you weigh four pounds. I hate you. All right. Listen. So I'm going to double back just to finish up this episode a tad because I had some notes on Sally. Yeah, we have a bunch of notes we haven't got to yet. I got two sections. You want to see my butt? Oh, Yeah. Wait, I'm making sure that I only have two Wait, no, I'm really sending those pictures I took to the group chat. So, like... (laughs) I want to see your peach. Okay. Okay, here. (laughs) So, there's two things we missed on my notes. So, I'm going to double back and get to them. So, we have Samhain and the Roman Empire. So, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered a majority of the Celtic territory. Not sorry. Right. So, we found out that Halloween has its roots in Celtic history. Okay, and their celebrations and yada, yada, yada. Well, in the course of the 400 years that the Romans ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with Celtic tradition to make Samhain. The first was, uh, it's, mm, I'm too drunk, it's capital F-E-R-A-L-I-A. 
Now, it's a day late in October where the Romans traditionally cremated, commemorated the passing of the dead. I'm drinking. Same. The second was to honor Pomna, no, no, Pomona, P-O-M-O-N-A, the Roman goddess of fruit and treats. The symbol of this particular goddess is the apple, and it has probably been incorporated into the celebration of Samhain by uh, bobbing for apples, which we see today. So lastly, I have for you is Halloween matchmaking and the lesser known rituals performed on Halloween. So, Brad, you better pay attention if you want to get married. Yeah, at this point, I'm just having fun as a friend with benefits. And you exercising your like butthole? Like, what's it? Like, you get a 401k dental? Like, what do you get? Listen, I'm just having fun right now. It's fine. It's not going to go anywhere. We're just going to fuck and it's going to be a good time. Well, if you decide to do a Halloween matchmaking ritual, I got your back, okay? Oh, you know how to do one? Yes, I have the notes. Yeah, but... Do you want to know or not? Of course I want to know. Okay. So Halloween, weirdly enough, had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that someday, with some luck, by next Halloween, they'd be married. Okay, I'm in. Okay. 18th century Ireland. You really got to get off the British Isles on this podcast. Look, it's a... We love Ireland. It's a rich culture, okay? (laughs) With luck, okay, you'd be married by next Halloween. So you need to find yourself an 18th century matchmaking... Match... Drink. How am I going to find something from the 18th century? Don't leave my bedroom. It's called a matchmaking cook. Which is very oh. similar to a kitchen witch. Hello, me. Oh, I have one of those. You do. Okay. I love you. So <laughs> you find a matchmaking cook who will bury a ring in mashed potatoes on Halloween night. Hoping to bring true love to the diner who find it, who finds it. So all I got to do is make a big Halloween dinner, mix up some mashed fucking potatoes and put a ring in it. And whoever the fuck comes over, finds the ring and said mashed potatoes on their plate, they're getting married by next Halloween. Okay. So like, I'm just going to come over and you're just going to put a ring in some mashed potatoes. Done. So Scotland. Okay. Scottish. Wait, what's a good Scottish accent, Kevin? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not very good at accents. I'm sorry, guys. We're trash monkeys. Well, in Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman named a hazelnut for each of her suitors, and then she would toss them into a fireplace. Roasted nuts on Christmas. You're burning them? You're going to roast them. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping and exploding, as the story went, represented the girl's future husband. So we just got to get some fucking hazelnuts, write some names on it, and toast that shit. But, like, I can't write the same name on all of the nuts. No, so we got to be a little bit more diverse. I don't like that many people. Well, the other option for this story or legend is that the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. Okay, I don't want to know if it's going to last or not. I just want to have a good time. (laughs) Divorce okay. rates, am I right, ladies? <laughs> I just want to have a good time. All right, well, you got two more rituals, okay? Okay. A young woman, such as yourself, tossed apple peels over their shoulders. And the hope was that the peel would fall on the floor in the shape of their suitor's or future husband's initials. Like... Do you know how many names can start with one initial? Okay, so you could also try to learn about their future husband by peering into yet gig. Drink. Drink. I apologize to all of you who have had alcohol poisoning today. Do not send us your hospital bills. We have no money. Yeah, I'm not lying. I'm poor. So you can peer into egg yolks floating in a bowl of water 
stood in front of a mirror in a darkened room. Holding candles and looking over their shoulder, they would see their first, uh, their husband's face in the mirror after appearing in the egg yolks. Mm-hmm. So that one you can do on your own. Oh. But like, what if I'm just not meant to be married? Well, decide after the last game. Okay. Okay. Other rituals were a little bit more competitive. So at some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on their chestnut would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. So like, could be the first to be married, but not the first down the aisle? You'll either be the first to be married, which means the first girl to walk down the aisle out of the group that's bobbing for the apples. Mm. Uh-huh. So I think this kind of cements, and this is just me, right? Because my twin brother is getting married on Halloween. My cousin, I know. No, but a lot of people get married on Halloween. It's a romantic holiday. I'm, just, I'm never I'm getting married. I'm that with all of these rituals is all I'm saying. Mazel tov to my twin brother and sound maiden. I cannot wait to perform your wedding on Halloween. Did you get your dress? I did. Is it perfect? It's absolutely perfect. I just need a little bit of a body shaper underneath of it, but we're good. Okay. Okay, guys, we hit all of my Halloween notes. And we're only an hour in. Look at us. I told you it'd be fine. I knew it would be fine. It's completely fine. I know. All right. Kev, do you have yes. a topical weird but true? Topical? No. But I do have a weirdly weird but true? Yes. I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, Who Are You by The Who? I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Who are you? Exactly. Who? who? <laughs> who, who? So, the, uh, the, opening, the opening actual lines of that song are I woke up in a Soho doorway policeman knew my name he said you could go sleep at home tonight if you can get up and walk away that actually happened no shit Pete Townsend I think it was was out partying with the guys from the Sex Pistols which if you know anything from the sex, about the Sex Pistols those guys could party and they actually at one point staged an intervention and went dude you're, you might be going a little too hard he's like yeah I fucking know I hate my life me <laughs> So Pete Towns. So after a night of drinking with the Sex Pistols, uh, Townsend fell asleep in the doorway of a Soho. I think it was an apartment building, and the, a policeman woke him up by poking him with his truncheon and went, "I know who you are. Go the fuck home." <laughs> <laughs> that is so that should actually happen. <laughs> I can't believe that actually mm-hmm. happened. That whole song. That, that whole song is actually true. That's amazing. Everything in that song actually happened. I'm going to go back and listen to that song now. I need to know. Kev, tweet that shit. Tweet the song. Yeah, Kev. I will find the YouTube link, and I will text. I will tweet it out. Okay. Okay. I would love to pick a non-offensive dare. However, House Nevermore won a non-offensive dare. Because we're not trash. Well, okay, so let's put in the rules for non-offensive dares right here. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, Once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted.
You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Okay, we're back. So do you know what Sophia's chosen dare was as the only active participant of House Nevermore? Yeah, it was to dress up as like your favorite character. Right. It's to dress up as a character can be original too from your favorite Halloween movie. Great. So that I need a costume. Well, it's it's in there. Um so now we've come to 102 episodes, I promised. Uh, Sound Maiden. Because every time we add uh, dare, we have to do ever dare in my notebook, plus the ones won by the houses. Actually, if I, my drunken self may, I'd like to discuss the new tiers coming in November, if I may. Okay, Why ready, not? go. Okay, so we're making a two or three dollar, two dollar tier or something like that, where mm-hmm. you can just actively have access to the videos, the posts on Patreon, and you can earn pa- points for your house. But you must be a five dollar Patreon to receive voting rights of said house points. So you guys all have to come up with an idea and a private post on Patreon and then agree on what you want your day or your episode or your prize to be. Also, if you're in the $5 tier, you're also going to (laughs) get... That was my phone for a text message. I'm leaving it. But also, if you're on the $5 tier, you get to determine the voting rights. You get all the stuff the $2 tier is. Plus, you get a welcome package in the mail and plus other random stuff in the mail. The $10 tier is the one we're still working out. So I'm happy to hear stuff for it. But so far, all I've got is you get all the other tier shit. Plus, you get a private viewing of a movie with us, like a watch and share movie. And we're going to do our first one in November as History of the World Part 1 so we can school Brandy. Also, I want to send you uh, your favorite episode show notes autographed by all three of us for the $10 tier as well. Yep. We fancy. We fancy. We fancy bitches. If there's other things that our existing Patreons want to see in the $10 tier, fucking let us know because I haven't finalized those because that's coming in November too. Mm-hmm. We're also considering like, like a $1 tier where we just read your name at the end of the podcast. So if you guys want to, if you guys want that, let us know. We might. I will mispronounce it and you will hate me, I but like I'll do idea. it. I like that as a running joke, just mispronouncing people's names. High <laughs> and trash. We won't especially mispronounce it, your name for a dollar. Especially like simple names like Andrew. Like Shout Brian. out to Andrew who might be listening. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How do you mispronounce Andrew? We'll figure it out. Fair. That's what part of the joke is. Is the wrong and fastest on the wrong syllable? Uh, yes. Look, I'm whoring myself out at this point because... I love making this podcast and I love listening to our own podcast and I hope we get to do it more than 102 episodes, but it's costing me money, guys. I just want to yeah. break it. Our, <laughs> our goal needs to be that we get Twitter verified. Oh, how I do like we do that. that? I don't know. Well, mm. also we set up like if we get 20 Patreons total, we're going to give away a Macabre Academy box. Mm-hmm. Which is random presents and homemade things from me and Brandy. And we'll pull those names out of any tier from yeah. the Patreon as long as we get to 20 tier, twenty people total on the Patreon, whether that's one, two, five, or ten dollars. Also, we're, we're going to be doing a Nirvana slash Kurt Cobain podcast. I hope you guys are fucking ready because I have no. That's next episode. Is that next week? Next episode. We're doing Kurt Cobain. Okay, so like real shit. I'm not going to have anything for that because I have my surgery on Monday. So like that's all you two. I'm just going to be here for fun. Okay? Okay. Great. All right, done. 
Oh, uh, a brandy on painkillers. This is going to be fucking interesting. Yeah. It's fine. Yes, bitch. Painkillers. <laughs> I like that you guys are excited because I am not, but I'm also off for nine days afterwards. So. Hey, guys, if we're going to do Kurt Cobain, what are we going to do after that? Because I have the cult of the grade 11 I've been setting on for a we hot We probably minute. do this as a post-podcast meeting. No, we're going to we do it as an could. episode. Oh, no, what well, all of this bullshit? I don't think right. the listeners need to hear us planning out our next podcast episodes. But if the they don't listeners like the lineup, they can tweet wait, at us what they would. Did you? Hear. Did you like my picture that I sent to the Facebook group chat? I those love those pantsies. Pictures. There's like a perfect shell over your peach. Right. So pretty. So pretty. I know. I love them. Actually, if you want to tweet at us lingerie too, uh, I'm at because I just. No, it's Found. at Muckcop Academy. There's no the on the Twitter. Oh. Brandy, what's your tweeter? I don't fucking know. It's Brandy something. Fair. I think it's at Brandy Pod. Oh, there you go. Brandy doesn't Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin knows. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll sum up. I keep probably... tagging you for absolutely no reason. Because I don't Twitter. <laughs> exactly. No, tweeter. Okay. You're, you're, you're not on the bird. So Although birds aren't real. Next week for our Kurt Cobain episode because we're out of Halloween. Oh, just so you yeah. guys know, this is going to be this might be a long one because given the right material, I could do an hour on um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" alone. Look, you haven't I'm spearheaded in. since Ruth Bader Ginsburg, so it's I'm I'm glad you're all in. I want to hear what you have to say, and me and Brandy can work on. Well, I'll work on the conspiracy around the death. I'm fine with it. Yes, yeah, that part, Brandy's yeah, just going to be on painkillers. Sorry, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to be doing a lot of history slash why he was so influential in his time. Do it, great. Actually, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Fight Cusp, did an astrological chart on Kurt Cobain and compared him. I think to uh, 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 he has a guitar. Uh, he smoked the pot. What's his name? Oh, you know I'm drunk. I can't remember it. Tweet it out later. We should probably end this shit. Yeah, we're done with yeah. this shit. All right. Kev, say goodbye. Then Brandy, say goodbye. Bye. And I'll say goodbye. Okay, bye. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.